0: Hello, welcome to the PC Gamer UK podcast. I'm Samuel Roberts. I'm joined today by... Philip War, Phil Savage. We're doing a podcast mm. about some computer games, and we're going to start with one computer game by the name of Tiny Bubbles that Philip War has been oh, playing. yes, um, I have. <laughs> I looked this up before the podcast, Pip. It looked like a puzzle game um, from top down with some bubbles, and there was a nice fish and a nice crab, I think and I thought
1: that looked nice and, and we some, got the correct game and some stars yes yes, <laughs> yes
0: you have. is that the game you've been playing yesterday that
2: had
1: tiny bubbles on the screen it was wow, Phil okay, it cool. was excellent deduction mm. from both of you Bullshit. you could go into business as a, as a detecting partnership I think <laughs> um, yeah so it's a puzzle game it's due out on I think the 8th of May and I have been just playing around there's a matching colour element to it but what you're doing is you are either the pigmenting different bubbles so that you can create like chains of them to match and thus pop and disappear and change the the layout of the the problem um or you have little pairs of scissors that you can use to puncture things to either make the colors run into each other so you can make you know green from a blue and a um a yellow bubble that are close to each other or you can pop the edge that's facing into the the rest of the water and it removes that whole bubble from play so
3: um,
1: and the physics of it are interesting because um it does feel very much like soap bubbles the way that they you know um draw back together or you know obviously there's a certain amount of gaminess otherwise some of the puzzles probably wouldn't work but um yeah when you when you pop a few and it feels like oh okay are they going to coalesce in this way or you know you can kind of curate things a little bit and play mm. a bit it, it basically it's not as much of a did you solve this yes no solutions like there is a certain amount of wiggle room Mm. I have been feeling which is quite nice and it's quite restful and um but one of the interesting things about it is that one of the developers a person called Stu is um was talking in the press bump about how it was it relates to his granddad's work because his granddad was um, a scientist at MIT and he studied like metallurgy and things like that and but also was really interested in soap bubbles as structures and so his research like touched on a lot of that he worked on the manhattan project as well wow. like it's really interesting as soon as you start googling him you sort of disappear down these rabbit holes of oh okay and then plutonium sure <laughs> why not um
2: Is that and- later levels
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i'm not there yet phil we can <laughs> we can <but> find out <laughs> um so yeah and also um he was saying that his granddad had a form of colour blindness. And so obviously there's a certain amount of the game that is about, you know, pushing these colours into one another and, you know, making specific forms out of it. But um as a kind of tribute, I guess, like in the sense of, you know, if my granddad were to play this, I would want him to be able to engage with it. That's the game definitely has a colour blind mode. Mm. So I haven't played it with that on because I was just concentrating on bubbles, you know. Mm. Yeah. Um because it's been that kind of a week. But <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that sounded really interesting because obviously a lot of games do try to take into account, you know, different forms of accessibility, which is really nice nowadays, not as many as it could be. Um but yeah, so I thought that was just a really nice personal story that helped push it over into oh okay of all the puzzle games that have arrived in my inbox mm. recently i will play this one right oh. so yeah um so i think it's like gonna be ten dollars ish on steam so probably about what 7.99 or something Yep. as a sort of like
0: structured as it kind of level by level or like, yeah it, like you've, an endless mode or
1: you've got like little um I guess you have an arrangement of similarly sized bubbles clustered together that forms the basic structure of the levels. And so you've got maybe 20 to 25, I think, in each of these pockets that you you navigate around. And once you've, you know, completed a certain number of them, it opens up the next bubble's worth of pubs. Pubbles? Puzzles, puzzles. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, yes, that classic puzzle genre <laughs> that we all know. Pubble bubble bubble, <laughs> it's fine. Okay,
0: so good, relaxing,
1: puzzle-based mm. fun. I've been really enjoying it.
0: Do the fish
2: and/or crabs have any any puzzle purpose, yes, or are they just aesthetically so, nice? So yeah,
1: some of the um, some of the zones introduce different uh, ideas. So in some of them, you are trying to match and thus pop enough bubbles that the overall cluster shrinks down to fit into a certain radius. Mm. So you're sort of trying to get rid of a certain amount of stuff. Um, Some of them you have to to create matches using certain colours and, you know, with other kinds of restrictions. And so the crab stuff is that the crabs are the predators of the little stars. And with the stars... Um, if there's a star in a bubble, often you are trying to bring it to another bubble, like uh, another star, so they can be friends or, you know, whatever. Um, but if there's a crab, you're trying to avoid the crab bubble from touching the <laughs> the star bubbles, because mm. otherwise it will eat them. <laughs> so there's, you know, sometimes there's a certain amount of... Um, pigmenting bubbles so that they can't be matched so that that can act as like a a barrier which is quite nice and the other thing is the the adorable fish that you mentioned is a jerk um because (laughs) all the fish does is it's well sometimes it's useful it's the fish is chaotic neutral (laughs) because the fish just swims around adding bubbles of whatever type or color it fancies some empty some pre-colored um to the cluster, and you have no control over where it's going to add those either. So you're kind of like, you jerk. Yeah. So, so yeah. can't see
0: we've got enough problems with <laughs>
1: bubbles, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's basically like when, I don't know, a, a small relative tries to help you with some household tasks and you end up having to not only do the thing yourself, but also undo what they've done.
0: (laughs) Oh, you vomited in the bath?
1: That's
0: that's
1: good. The fish is probably
2: so proud that it's helping. Look at my (laughs) (laughs) bubbles. What about the crab? Is he
1: equally awful? No, the crab just stays in its own bubble. So all you've got to do is, you know, is keep it away good lad, good lad. from <laughs> the stars, you know. <laughs> okay. it's Just t-
2: following his natural instincts to eat a star.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so all you've got to do is, is just maintain the separation. Mm. You know, you're sort of acting as the... I don't know, the playdate manager for this whole sort of thing. You just, you know, essentially it's like, you know, how you wall off a difficult child in a bubble pool and then you allow the ones that get on to play with each other. You know, the the usual analogy. Exactly. (laughs)
2: Isn't marine biology fascinating? Well,
0: this is like Pitt's whole area. Right? Mm.
2: So, yeah, we'll defer to It's your
1: basically true to life. It's both soap bubble accurate and <laughs> biology accurate. And
0: potentially nuclear accurate.
1: <laughs> we will see. But, you know, TBC on that front, <laughs> who knows?
0: Okay, very good. Well, that's Tiny Bubble. And we're now going to talk about a very different game, which is Shadow of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> very seamless uh, transition there. Yes, yeah,
2: so also uh, something about a toddler, maybe. Uh, um, I'm trying maybe. to think of an analogy desperately but I've got nothing <laughs>
0: Alright, so what I know about this team ready game is that it's made by a different team to the last two yep. Crystal Dynamics, it's Idos Montreal not the part that worked on Deus Ex but the part who worked on Thief Well, so um, there's actually a lot of
2: Crystal Dynamics people on this team still okay. uh, Crystal Dynamics are providing like backup support they're still partially tied to this I guess they've only um, just
0: started working on that Avengers game, right?
2: Yeah, I guess so. I, I, it seems like Eidos also did some work on the previous Tomb Raiders as well. Uh, it sounds like you know there's just been a lot of cross collaboration for years on on Tomb Raider, and this is just Eidos are now taking the lead of production, mm-hmm. but. Um, there's a lot of new people on the team and yeah, a lot of a lot of old Tomb Raider people coming back to it. Okay. Uh, it's yeah, it's not like the Deus Ex team are doing this now. It's it's still a very different kind of sector of Montreal. Okay.
0: Um so what's the premise then? What's Lara up to in this one?
2: Right, so you know, um this is the end, supposedly, of an origin trilogy. Okay. Um for, so, so the previous two games they were like, "Oh, Lara's not a Tomb Raider yet, but she's going to become the Tomb Raider." I
0: thought she got guns at the end of the first one, and then unequivocally, she was a Tomb Raider. That was uh, what I mm, yes, okay. Um,
1: How many tombs do you have to raid in order to be called well, a Tomb Raider? This,
0: yeah. I guess, this
2: is the, the philosophical question upon which it all hinges. Well,
1: like, surely she could just change because her LinkedIn to uh, be Tomb Raider, and then that's like job done.
2: She did raid at least one tomb in the first first you Tomb could Raider.
0: You can throw lots of optional tomb. In fact, most of the tomb raiding was optional. Mm. Um, like, you could, yeah, there were just those little passageways. I think of- also tomb
2: raiding
1: is optional. Sam. But then,
2: Rise of the Tomb Raider, <laughs> the Tomb Raider rose and became a tomb raider again by raiding lots of tombs.
0: Got a bit of a mixed response to that second game, didn't it?
2: It did, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the whole series has to an extent. Um, I have enjoyed them mostly, partially because I just quite like the combat. I think that's actually the strongest part of it, is mm. shotgun and in mofos up and down the place.
0: And a nice, uh, nice bow and good arrow. Good bow and arrow. which good, um, Like, twatting people with a pickaxe. That feels really good. Is yeah, 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 yeah. It's got a lot of, you know... Yeah, wholesome violence. mm mm-hmm. um, Okay, so this is the end of the trilogy. So so what does that mean?
2: That means Lara is going to become the Tomb Raider, Sam.
0: I see. So she's are going to raid tombs like in the previous two games. I see.
2: Um... I'm making fun of it. But, like, it's... Um... I don't know, I guess they wanted to do something a bit more involved with, like, the character so it is... I don't know, I think you can get a bit hung up on, like, oh, does she have all the Tomb Raider things in place? Is she at this, like particular tomb raider status what percentage of a tomb raider is she at this point and a lot of the online discussion sort of around reveal events and the trailers and stuff seems to have been around that and like people were asking oh will we she finally get those two guns and her green tank top and stuff and i don't think they care about that stuff anymore really no. they just want to make some games with this character yeah. at what
1: point does chris barry become her butler Mm. Is that is that in place yet? That's
2: That is not in place Okay, I, okay if you want to d- deep dive <laughs> into the, the current law, the current setup. <laughs> as of Rise of the Tomb Raider, she'd sort of inherited the mansion, but it was still in a decrepit state because she wasn't wild about the place because her dad had died recently and
1: Okay. Yeah. But it was her. And moment, also somebody was it? trying
2: to take the mansion away from her. There was a legal dispute in one of the DLC packs.
1: So is this like just That sounds like some DLC. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry yeah, bit. probate law is just definitely, <laughs> like, the best.
0: <laughs> £6.29. <laughs> um, so did she not have the butler in that episode where you look through those uh, the possessions or whatever it was?
2: No, there um, they were letters from their old butler, okay. I think, so she reminisced about him, okay. uh, whether it was Chris Barry or not, unconfirmed.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. Sorry I've got
0: your butler anymore. Regards, Chris.
1: <laughs> That's uh, some hot environmental Had, to, uh, had it, yes. to
2: film some more Red Dwarf for Dave.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: some world building. <laughs> um, so what does the shadow element refer to? The,
2: the shadow case? element. Um, so in this one, uh, I, guess, I guess to set up the story properly to an extent... Um, At the end of Rise, she found out, like, the group that were responsible for her father's death, Mm. um, like, uh, a group called Trinity, um, who, you know, generic bad guy Mm. organisation. She's gone off to Mexico to stop them from doing a thing. Okay. Um, And that involves, A, killing some of them, and B, raiding a tomb to get an artefact before they do, but Shock getting that artifact actually triggers some Mayan apocalypse event thing. Okay. Um, And that's kind of where the demo ended, was uh, Lara technically did a bad thing, and uh, the head of Trinity came up and was all very patronising at her about how she's caused the end of the world and he went off to fix that and now she's (laughs) like well I'm going to go there too
1: I guess that's so passive aggressive oh my god proper
2: mansplained the apocalypse to her
1: but I am now remembering that I read your preview <laughs> of this in the uh, current issue of yes. PC Gamer, which is be... Yes, on today, exactly. PC Gamer issue 3.18. All yes.
0: good. <laughs> when you're listening to this, in the past at some point. Mm.
1: Yes, uh, but... I think the 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 question of whether she has become the tomb raider is actually this thing where so in the first game she wasn't the tomb raider no. in the second game she became the tomb raider but too much and no. then no the third one is that she's gone too far and has to rein it back in again so it's basically it's not the origin story of tomb raider exactly it's the origin story of obtaining tomb raider equilibrium
2: this <laughs> <Okay, laughs> okay, is wow. so just quickly, what does the shadow re- element refer to? It, there's, like, an eclipse thing. That's all the symbology is, like, an oh, eclipse shit. happening because of the four.
0: Yes, Mayan yeah.
2: apocalypse stuff. So I'm sure it's all to And also because it's, like, all dark and...
0: Wasn't the Mayan apocalypse, like, so hot back in 2012?
2: It was It was the in thing. It well, does yeah. feel a bit dated, it being yeah. 2018 and us doing a Mayan apocalypse story, but...
0: It, it does feel like there must be someone else who's predicted the apocalypse and it's their turn. It says in <laughs> 2019 it will
1: all... But yeah, isn't well, hang on, isn't um, Far Cry Five a Doomsday cult?
0: I could not work out what their ideology. Was,
1: oh, that's fine. Also, I don't <laughs> I think really there's any one, actual
2: Doomsday
0: happening in that. Uh, Are there
2: no. any eclipses? Probably um, not. I mean, it was dark. I right? mean, also eclipse. <laughs> that's just a naturally occurring phenomenon, so it's not necessarily an apocalypse. Yeah. So hang on, is the, the eclipse
1: is the eclipse a metaphor for a woman going slightly too far? <laughs>
2: I mean, like, it might be.
1: There's a lot of concepts
2: it? to unpack right now, because I think you're jumping ahead to the jungle stuff, okay. and we'll get there. Sorry. Okay. So, um, hold on. Backtrack. Where were, what, were, what was your point, Pip?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I was just saying that... Wait, the- like,
2: yes. Chris,
0: is
1: Chris Barry the
2: brother? No. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the first team Raider was like, oh, she's not really a team Raider, she's just angry or whatever at stuff at an island. And then she was Tomb Raider a bit, but now it is... Can she be a Tomb Raider, but too much?
0: Mm. (laughs) Okay, very good.
2: Um, And, like, if you look at the trailer, there's some of that where she's, like, saving some kid from being sacrificed, and um, she does that, and then the kid looks at her, and he's like, whoa, you're scary. And it's like,
0: "Mm, is she going too far? Okay, interesting. Well, um... (laughs) All right, so
1: reminds it... me of that bit in Futurama where there's those two candidates arguing. I think you go too far. I don't think you go too far enough. <laughs>
0: John Jackson and Jack Johnson. That's a
1: good, uh, that's a
0: good joke. Um, yeah, okay. So, what does this mean, gameplay wise? Um, can she control space and time or the sun? What so can she do in this one?
2: That's a good question that I don't entirely know the answer to uh, and that's because you the played it though, didn't you? I played it but okay so um up front the reason I'm being a little bit uh, facetious and uh, jokey around it is because what I played was a very uninstructive cross section of the game it was super early stuff just introducing concepts and most of the concepts it introduced were stuff that was in the previous Tomb Raider games. Um, So, you know, you get the combat section. The combat is, like, incredibly similar. It was just, like, a small bit, uh, you know, a couple of corridors where you could stealth take down some guys. Um, But then if you were spotted, it was shotgun time. And it was all fun and enjoyable. Um, It retains that kind of snappy, frantic feeling to it, um, which is good. But nothing about it really was hinting at anything more than what we've seen Um, a lot of it was like hinting at less than what we've seen if you rise of the Tomb Raider because Mm. obviously as you go through that game you know you get these big hub areas and you get a lot of exploration and there was none of that in the demo because again it was just like the first hour or so so um, most of what I know about what this game's going to be came from the interviews I did yeah. after the fact for the um magazine cover feature, and even a lot of those like there was a lot of oh we can 't talk about this yet um so there, it, was, it was just sort of vague hints at things that sound like they could be cool so um the re- thing that was repeated over and over again there were two two concepts that were repeated over and over to me, and one was just the general concept of fear being a thing um um Part of that is—is Lara scared of who she's going to become? Uh Um, I don't know, maybe a Tomb Raider, (laughs) but maybe too much of a
0: Tomb Uh, Raider—a Tomb Raider who has achieved equilibrium, potentially.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But also, is like it's in the designs of the tombs and stuff. Uh, The tombs are uh, a lot of rise of the tomb raiders tombs were quite like lavish and grand because you know sat out in siberia and they were going for some sort of hidden city so they're all like resplendent and really intricate whereas these ones are quite brown and spiky and they're all uh one of one of the things they kept going on about was like okay well the here, the puzzles in the tombs will at times be designed to kill you, and there will just be a lot more threats as you're exploring these areas. And there's stuff that you've got to look out for as you're doing the puzzles, because, you know, if you just muck about, you'll probably end up dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and also, um, Rise of the Tomb Raider had a very brief underwater section um, that was actually tied to quite an irritating combat encounter, where like you just kept popping up in these little holes, these ice holes, and you had to kill people, and they kept just knowing instantly where you were, even though you were popping up, and the whole thing aggravated me a lot. But um, that's back, uh, but as proper underwater exploration, supposedly. Okay. All a- 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 so the old that. Tomb Raiders. Yeah. But again, what I played of that was just um, those kind of very um, scripted. You know, the scripted moments where you hold W and they like she'll crawl through a tunnel and like bad things will happen yeah. and you're like well it'll be fine because my only a- interaction here is pressing W um, so it'll work itself out yeah. and it was just one of those um, so I had to ask afterwards well okay well, is there any kind of exploration involved with the underwater stuff and I was told that yes but I have no evidence of it myself.
0: Okay, does she still um, crawl through uh, gaps in the in cliffs and stuff? Um, I asked that because I played God of War the other day on PS4 and that still has that that thing where you slowly go through a a thing all games
2: have that I was playing I started playing The Last of Us recently um, just sort of in my spare time and that has that
0: it was big in 2013 uh, yeah
2: Horizon Zero Dawn, that has that.
0: Is it because and they're loading? Like, I'm pretty
2: sure it's just hiding a loading screen. Yeah. So they can, yeah, I'm, that's probably what that is. It probably is,
1: yeah. Okay. Loading screens or like pushing your face up against something so that they can swap in assets. Yes, yes, that's, that's
0: probably right.
2: So part of the fear element, though, is that Lara can also um, essentially Batman her enemies by making them all scared of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of that is their other um, consistent tagline, mm-hmm one with the jungle uh, I see. which reveals a couple of things that again weren't present in the hands-on demo i.e. jungle apparently that's going to be a thing um, Although yeah, no jungle in your demo. there was no jungle in my demo oh, okay. there was no presence of a jungle it was just mentioned was there I don't even, a pop even know where the jungle is going to be because <laughs> the actual demo was set in Mexico but it sounds like they're going off to somewhere and some of my interviews suggested it might be Peru but I can't confirm that because I, I guess, wasn't told
0: I guess they're in Sorry, you said in Mexico? Mm. Yeah, okay, so South America.
2: Yeah, I mean, it will be South America, but where specifically... There, right? there will be a jungle, jungle there. somewhere.
0: <laughs> there's definitely a jungle there,
2: probably. So, um, one of the like new combat bits of the uh, demo was um, these like vine walls that Lara could sort of merge into Predator-style to hide oh. away, which, admittedly, not um, a revelation when it comes to changing up that combat system... But again, like it was hinted to me that there would be more elements like that that would sort of allow you to be a bit stealthier and be a bit more sort of guerrilla fighter in how you approach these encounters.
0: So a bit like MGS 3s camouflage thing.
2: Entirely possible. Although again, I don't really want to promise too much because they just said it rather than showed it. They didn't even say it. They just winked at it and were literally like, literally winked it. I mean, they, well, they 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 kind of said, oh, we don't want to talk about combat in too much detail, but maybe you'll be able to do this and this and.
1: I like the idea that if we had been filming this, it would have like panned round and there would have been one of the devs dressed as a vine, like standing <laughs> against the wall, like yeah. he hasn't seen me. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: would have been one of the PR handlers who would pop out and go, "We can't talk about this." Yes. <laughs> 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 i been like, Aww. <laughs>
0: Okay, well then people can read more about Tomb Raider, um, Shadow of the to Tomb Raider, in mm. the newest issue. Yes. Uh, which number is it? 318. Yeah, yeah. 318, that's out now and features many good things, uh, including our City Skylines. Um, well, should we talk about that briefly? Yeah, that's okay. we've all done, isn't it? We have all
2: played some City Skylines for a thing in a yes. magazine.
0: What was the um, the premise of that feature? Whoever set it up? Was it you, Pip?
2: Um, so we decided that. Uh, basically we would each take a period of time and we settled on two years just because it's like a two in-game years is a decent amount of time without completely destroying our schedules it's about an hour, <laughs> so hour, about an hour and a half yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'd each take that amount of time being mayor of a city and doing whatever we wanted to it before passing it on to the next person mm. to let them deal with whatever had happened before yes. Um just purely because it sounded entertaining, really, mm. um, and was it was pretty good.
0: I was really enjoyable, um, and uh, Phil installed loads of mods to make it a bit weird. And then I realised in my playthrough I'd maybe remove. I didn't have one of the mods. You installed.
2: certainly remove one of the key mods. It seems like because <laughs> um, I installed like five hundred and eighteen just building assets and things that could grow in the cities just so like if you assigned some residential zone it wouldn't be the basic kind of u.s centric buildings or even like the the european skins that you can apply it would just be pretty much anything that uh, people had liked on the steam workshop enough
1: okay mm. uh, when you were setting it up i think you made everything elizabethan for no good reason <laughs> i mean not intentionally <laughs> I looked over at your screen, I was like, what? <laughs> and you said, is this not the default? And then I think that was when you started <laughs> installing all of the mods. Oh, so, oh we need to fix this. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I thought I did have most of them on, though. I, don't, I certainly didn't turn them off.
2: Uh, you'd have probably got those ones on, but yeah, there was like a key... There was one key thing that was added as part of a separate mod pack that may have needed like yes. manually enabling.
1: There was a specific. There's a specific mod that lets you place props in the game as in you know just sort of the individual elements from things Mm. um and i think what must have happened is that must have been turned off for you because it's how i set up one particular section of my city and i was just like an aesthetic feature I, i thought that you just hadn't commented on it because you just thought Seems normal, seems legit, but well, no. it turns out you just didn't even know it, it was, was there. It was only
0: later when I read that there was a problem with lots of whales everywhere <laughs> on the land that I realised that perhaps I had missed that particular mod. or I wasn't being very observant. <laughs> you were also very
2: busy with your own projects, i.e. killing everybody.
0: Uh, hey, look, <laughs> let's not spoil the feature too much. I just, yeah, look, I, I tried to build a new district to the city, and the finances took a uh, turn for the worse. And because I hadn't played City Skylines for more than about um, three hours, uh, three years ago, I panicked and destroyed it all with natural disasters mm. using that DLC pack, which really ended up being a very good ad for for that DLC of like this is what you can do with it. And uh, yeah, there's no there's no moral penalty for doing that stuff either. Um, I mean, no. For say, <laughs> you know, well, I won't spoil it. I'll Your
1: living shadow of the Tomb Raider <laughs> at this point <laughs> is just like, is there such a thing as too much being a mayor of a town? <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs>
0: I also tried to go into space, so you can read about how that went. Um, but also, I didn't really understand the principles of how you went into space. Mm. Um, so yes, more... that
2: was also added in a
0: DLC, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a free one that though. That okay. was to promote Surviving Mars, I think. Um, oh, cool. So yeah, I think anyone can get that one. Didn't you install a KFC uh, mod as well? So yep. yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just made sure that was part of the. This is just asset wish selection. fulfillment now. That bath yeah. bath doesn't happen. So. <laughs>
0: It sounds like my dream city. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think one thing it did for me actually is that it made me really want to play that game a bunch more. Like I found huh. it just so enjoyable and uh, quite relaxing, even though it can mm. be stressful. I think it's maybe because we just had limitless money.
2: That helped. Yeah. Um, yeah, it can be a bit slower, especially. I think the thing that really helps is just a having limitless money, but also unlocking all of the everything from the off, because uh, in the actual. If you're playing it properly, you have to grow your city to a certain population before you unlock certain things, mm. certain building types and stuff, which gives it like quite a nice progression path. Yes. But um also it kind of it makes it a bit less kind of sandboxy, I guess. Mm. It's um mm. it's less about the relaxing pottering about with buildings than it is about actually having an aim and trying to trying yeah. to achieve certain things but you
1: can absolutely like just turn oh, all yeah. that stuff off and dive in and make a complete mess yeah. i say as somebody who has done exactly that <laughs>
0: actually really made me want to do more past the save file stuff i thought I actually mm. thought it was really enjoyable to mm. see the you know fingerprints of each team member on on the city it was cool
1: we have a few other ideas in the works for that so like uh, after the podcast, we should probably talk about mm. like anything that you have in that vein, just mm. in case there's there's some excellent future content. Yes.
2: Got to make that content. <laughs> that eight-page content. Ten-page content. Damn.
0: And love sounds. Um, yes. Uh, good, good, good. Well, that's cool. Um...
4: Hello there. This is Andy Kelly from PC Gamer, reporting live from Yorkshire, far, far north of the PC Gamer office where I now live. I'm sitting here looking at a massive pile of cardboard on my desk because I had the damn fool idea to start collecting big box PC games. You know, the old sort of late 90s, early 2000s for a bit, boxes that games used to come in before they all started appearing in boring DVD cases, these big, chunky, physical crates full of game. Um, I live in an incredibly small flat, um, one bedroom, a tiny little place. So really I should not be embarking on a quest like this to collect these ridiculous things, but there's something very alluring about them. And one aspect of it is nostalgia. Uh, When I grew up playing PC games, I would have stacks of these boxes, and when I see them, it makes me think of uh, my youth. And as time creeps on, and as I slide further towards the abyss, it's nice to look back. It becomes more important to look back. The second thing is, they just look amazing. In the same way that vinyl has had a massive resurgence of popularity, um, people love to open those gatefolds and see that amazing artwork. I think it's the same with me and big box PC games because, you know, when you see a game on Steam, it's a little icon. You don't really feel like you're, you know, there's no ceremony to it. Whereas when you pull one of these boxes out, I'm holding in my hand right now the box for uh, Westwood's Amazing Blade Runner adventure game you know the artworks there it invites you in you know there's something kind of special about it um a kind of ceremony that we don't really have anymore when games are just sort of entries on a endless digital menu and sort of there's no permanence to to games anymore i feel like i feel like a you know you read previews or in my case you write previews for months the game comes out you write the review and it's sort of forgotten about unless it's one of those games that has a you know, a really long tail, which is getting rarer and rarer these days, I think. Yeah, you just push it out of your mind and the world moves on. You know, everything just there's nothing. I feel like there's just an endless mudslide of content crashing past us at all times. And so when I hold these old boxes, I sort of feel like it reminds me of a time when, you know, you could only maybe have one game a month, if that. And, you know, that box was like your portal into some kind of other realm. I'm probably romanticizing it loads, as you do when you look at the past, because a lot of the stuff in the past with shit to be honest and i'm gonna buy more of this stupid cardboard i might have to get another sort of mini bookshelf to store it on but it just brings me a lot of pleasure looking at, at these big cardboard beasts it's very satisfying anyway that's it from me bye
0: See fine. Phil, then uh, let's talk about one other game that you've been playing. Okay. Very briefly, we'll talk about it because you only just started playing it, haven't you? Yes. Battletech. Um, Battletech. Battle because you've been doing a lot of lying sideways and playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Obviously. Well, I've, yeah, Which I played a couple
2: enough. of PlayStation games because, um, well, actually, I finished MGS 5 first. That was my. Oh, nice. Yeah. How
0: did you like that?
2: I think the ending is good. Basically, I call it um, like the. Yeah, ending. I thought yeah. it was good. Did you uh, read my piece on it? I did after the fact, yeah. Um,
0: think, was it good? <laughs> That's right. Oh,
2: fishing for compliments, what, two validation. years after the fact? I, needed, I
0: needed the Well, because no one's completed that game because it's 100 hours long. So no one's read it. But
2: That's it's,
1: true, uh, it is. This is what I was going to say, because you've been playing this game for possibly as long as I've known years. you. Yeah. So, I mean, how does it feel weird having now got that off your list?
2: I mean, not really, just because it's such... It's so open-ended in structure, anyway. I mean, I could go back to it and have loads of things to do still. Um,
1: Yeah, I certainly didn't complete stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, you won't. No, no, I won't. Um, I (laughs) never do want to complete a main campaign. Even if I'm really enjoying the side stuff, if I complete the story, I'm just like, well, I'm done with that now. It's it's gone. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, the only side stuff I did in that game was the side stuff that necessitated the second ending. Really?
2: really? Oh, weird, I guess yeah. you were reviewing it, weren't you? Um,
0: uh, I didn't get that far for the review, unfortunately. Mm. Um, I did, but I did still play forty-five hours and didn't get that far. It's a very dense game.
2: True. But yeah, um, yeah. No, I did quite a bit of the side stuff because I think that's what I took to see more than that. As much as I've enjoyed like all the stories of old Metal Gear Solids yeah. was um, just. Landing somewhere on the map and just wandering around, looking for resources, doing side quests, and just kind of being in that world with no particular objective. Are you going
0: to say no particular hopes or dreams? Well, that too. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, especially because some of the missions, the actual main missions, are a
0: bit naff. Yeah, a lot just of like them are good. Destroy four tanks. Uh, like, I, yeah, kidnap I, three guys.
2: A, a lot of the times, I thought those were better than some of the actual big story missions because yeah. the story missions would have had a danger where it's like, take out five members of the Parasite unit, and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, what what this <laughs> yeah. All right, and so
0: that's anyway, gear.
2: that's Battle Gear. Tech. That's completely off track. Battle Tech. Um, yeah, I thought I best best dip a toe into the biggest one of the bigger PC game releases right now. Yes, um,
0: it's based on. I want to say a tabletop game.
2: That would be correct.
0: Uh, from a long time ago. Yes. Um, that is, remained popular amongst people of a certain generation.
2: Yeah, and that world has been explored on PC through the MechWarrior series yeah. um, quite... It, quite a lot of detail in fact there's a new mech warrior coming up at some point yeah um
0: i get five Mercenary, is that right yes
2: yeah. i get the sense that i don't know that's always it's always been a bigger deal in the u.s that series yeah um, it was
0: like i remember like if i um, when i went to florida uh, i remember seeing P- uh, a mech warrior on the cover of pc gamer u.s mm. with its weirdly different other universe logo and all that stuff <laughs> Um, so yeah, and didn't we even do a MechWarrior cover for the US edition? For the
2: US, once, once we'd taken that on board, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah
0: based on our prejudices, we, <laughs> we ran with it. Yes,
2: and it did well, as far as I know. Yeah. I think it was a good shout. A um, movie, yeah. So yeah, it's not like I've got any connection to the world, but it's you know the next game from the people who made Shadowrun Hong Kong, Shadowrun Dragonfall...
0: People really like those games, and, particularly the uh, the second one they made. Which yeah, was Dragonfall. I
2: think that was Dragonfall, which I yeah. bounced off quite hard. But I think it's just because I had no idea how to set up my character. It's a classic thing of like an RPG with a slightly different rule set to what you're familiar with, and it's asking you to make fairly you know important character choices about stats and um, you're not having any idea what that means and that's a problem that persists over into Battletech Yes, because uh, the first thing that happens is a big cutscene about lore things that you don't really understand it's yes. all house this and this person did that and you're like
0: okay cool so I said it's, it's like Game of Thrones with robots yeah like it's like the that. future there's robots,
2: robots but yeah. intrigue um and then it's like, well, who do you want to be? And what do you want your background to be? Which house did you come from originally? Yeah. And also, do you want plus one in gunnery? Or do you want plus one in pilot? And I'm like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I, I randomly picked some of those things. And then um, you uh, are presented with what is essentially um, quite an in-depth, complex XCOM type thing. Yeah. It's that turn-based tactical... Um, Action. The the actual missions are, you know, turn-based with like various characters, and you're walking along the map, completing objectives and shooting other robots. Um, But there is a lot going on, uh, and not all of it is explained to you in uh, or even remotely. Um, There are like five UI bars for each character, like health, etc. And I only found out after the fact because I didn't know what any of them meant at first because. Like it tells you the basic stuff, how to select your unit and move your unit and fire, all the things that you would just know if you'd played an XCOM. Yeah. But it doesn't tell you any of its specific works. Didn't you say like, your
0: robot fell over at some point for mm-hmm.
2: a reason? Yes. Okay. Um, so it, you know it, you can you sort of work out what your health is, but um, there's an armor bar, and it turns out the armor bars actually segmented uh, to be like front and rear armor and stuff. It doesn't explain any of that. None of no, that made sense. Yep um there is a stability bar again not explained at all but it turns out that if you're on a heavy uh, mech and you fire all of your guns at once that will increase your stability bar which if it's then fired on by another enemy we might push it over the edge so that you fall over and um, falling over is bad but you're not really told that it's a thing that can happen until it happens I have a
1: question. Surely you'd want to max out your stability bar to not fall over. Yeah, I was
0: wondering that, actually,
2: yeah. You would think that, and yet.
0: Well, so the stability <laughs> bar gets high and you're less stable.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it might not be, but like, I don't, again, none of it's <laughs> none of it's explained, so. All
0: right, okay, well, we can come back to that when you feel like you're
2: a bit. Yeah, familiar. I mean, uh, I've just sort of had a tinker around with the opening missions, and the opening missions are all, like, story stuff. It's, um, you're, you're re- trying to rescue somebody uh, from a, Attempt on my life, a coup against this house uh, on the day that a new queen's going to be crowned or something. Okay. Um, and I've only just got to the point where I'm in a mercenary band and can actually accept missions and do the management side of things, where you're building up this squad and you're um, getting new mechs mm-hmm. and things. So that's kind of the next thing to figure out.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, and also, you know, how the stability bar works.
0: Okay, yeah. And can you get up again when you fall over? Oh, you can
2: get up again. Okay. But uh, it takes most of your turn. Um, there's locational damage as well. It's a whole thing. There's a lot going on.
0: Wow, yeah. See, I'm about to play um, Phoenix Point, uh, the backer build for that. Mm. And um, I hear that's quite complicated as well with this specific limb targeting and stuff.
2: Yeah, I, th- I don't think it's going to be. Even comparatively as complex as BattleTech seems to be, just okay, based good. on playing a couple of missions, there's good, a lot of it seems to be. About it, so actually <laughs>
0: yeah. reassuring.
2: A lot of it seems <laughs> to be under the hood stuff. But when I played Phoenix Point, it was very manageable. Mm. Um, it's just that that is mostly like an XCOM, but with more stuff added on top. Okay. And um, the UI design on it's really good as well, so it's quite easy to figure out what's happening and why things are happening. Oh, uh, mm. And your armor bar isn't
0: segmented into three different things. Okay, good. Well, uh, if you try and, if you figure that out, we can talk about it on the next episode. Yeah, I will play well, some more.
1: If you too are suffering from BattleTech confusion, head on over to pcgamer.com where we have an article that would help you out.
0: Mm, it did
2: help Planned me out it
1: towards the end, but you know,
2: <laughs>
1: thought um, no. I'd try a, for a. a, a, a
0: <laughs> blue Apron. <of laughs> course, if you want to get great meals delivered to your door,
2: <laughs> we're finally doing the sponsorship push. Eh? No, 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 we're not. We're <laughs> not really sponsored
1: by Blue Apron. I, yeah, like, don't do Blue Apron until we've decided otherwise. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I'm disappointed that like because you, you hear those on like every podcast, obviously, but like I've never had anyone approach us saying like, do you want to talk about Audible or or whatever, and recommend Rich Stanton's book or whatever. Uh, (laughs) read by rich Santon or someone he knows you know we never get anything like that um
2: that's true but then maybe that's because they looked at um the published dates of our last (laughs) four months i thought well there's no point trying to monetize this bullshit
0: (laughs) that's a good point actually someone did uh, um did someone did ask me about like doing something for the podcast i said i can't commit to us doing it at any point in time. I think like, we
1: might have meandered towards the solution to this question, Sam.
0: Yes, yes. I'm seeing, I'm seeing now where the issue may lie. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, Phil, I'll talk about a different game. All right. Um, so Disco Elysium um, is an RPG where you play as... I think you're meant to play as this detective duo, but in um, in my demo I was just playing as this one detective guy who wakes up in this room. His clothes are spread everywhere. Um, he looks in the mirror and looks absolutely terrible and he's clearly an alcoholic and um, has all of these uh, personal issues uh, going on that you sort of gradually unpick. He doesn't remember how he got to where he is. Mm. And then your partner turns up and you start investigating this dead body out back from this hotel, and uh, it kind of goes from there. And it's got quite a dark sense of humor, and um, you it sort of looks like a classic isometric RPG. Mm. Um, so one of their PRs described it as bold Gate meets True Detective but honestly like I, I don't really like you have to I, I, it's very much his own weird yeah thing. that
2: seems very reductive based on what I've read
0: about it it's probably quite a good way to get people you know thinking about it or talking about it I certainly borrowed it for a Facebook post it did very well so <laughs> I, I don't mind it as a tagline um, but, sure. but um, yeah I, uh, it's you kind of interface with all of your different hmm instincts as uh, a detective, so like one of them is, you've a preview of the mag didn't you, so yeah. like one of it, it's like your logic part of your brain will say something and then you um, and you based on what that has told you can react to a situation in a certain way, and then there's there's some really abstract ones that I think the demo kind of needs it, the demo doesn't really explain like Inland Empire and I only read later on that that's basically referring to like the, a David Lynch style Agent cooper e Weird, unpredictable thing and okay, so it it takes quite a while to pass, like I played it for about two or three hours, and I was just really trying to work out how how that kind of whole talking to your own stats thing sort of works, um but mostly it's about just going around um talking to people, stumbling across little mysteries and trying to advance this core mystery um and it does like it does dice rolls for everything from like um conversations where you're trying to convince someone to. Um, even like this corpse out back like um, I went to investigate it my character vomited instantly Um, and so I went off to get some I think it was ammonia I think it was to help me with the vomiting and some corpse handling gloves which I borrowed from this girl and I came back and it did a dice roll um, as my character was approaching the corpse and then I failed the dice roll, my character vomited again. I was back at square one. And I felt like I was i felt like an idiot basically. But then I investigated these um boot prints near the body and I did have a successful dice roll and he went into this kind of detective modey oh well the um the amount of boot prints I, I, I count uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight pairs of boots, one's heavy than the other one, so someone must have been carrying the body. And I think this is because I picked of the four different um, sort of character types you can pick I picked um, one that's an all-rounder so it's good at nothing really Mm. Um, and I I really felt like that as I was playing it I failed a lot of dice rolls but occasionally I would stumble across like a a solution that got me to the next thing and we worked out from the boot marks that oh um, there were dock workers here what reason might they have to hate the um, victim and and then it was kind of going backwards and forwards through the town just exploring different bits but there's mm. loads of side quests like there's this woman who thinks her shop is um cursed because every business before hers was uh had failed and so you there's this is forbidden room that she doesn't let anyone go in and um i was like well screw that i'm going in there and i failed a dice roll to barge open the door and go in there and my character hurt his arm and was, <laughs> and was sad and, but then I went, I went up to uh, her to um, convince her um, to let me in. My character said, uh, I've, I'm an expert in paranormal situations. Um, <laughs> on, I, I said just like that. <laughs> on like, this paranormal paranatural situations, mm, that was it. Nice. Um, so it was even funnier. And I managed to um, get the key. So she, uh, she was like, well, okay, you know, here's the key. Went in there and it was, it was this old gym and that was... That was kind of it. I think there's more to it that I just missed, but anyway. um, (laughs) More failed dice rolls. (laughs) Yeah. But I quite like that the failed dice rolls tend to kind of create comedy more than anything. Mm. Um, And, yeah, it seems like it's going to be fairly open-ended and that you don't have to rush your way through the core mystery. Mm. And this was, like, um, only 10% of the game. It's a very, quite early, pre-alpha build. Um, And, yeah, it'd been getting a lot of attention from games journalists. That's why I played it. But um, yeah, that, that I mostly just enjoyed going around finding these little bits of story and intre- enjoying the strange writing of you talking to your own brain, kind of. Mm. And um,
1: mm.
0: yeah, it's it's quite a it's quite a cool thing. Yeah,
1: it sounded like the game of rest. You know how how stuff yeah. tends to bubble up and be the thing that people are gravitating towards it definitely had that hat on i guess
0: yeah like everyone you saw like tim schafer playing and stuff there so yes yeah, yeah. i could see why
1: also just as a psa i would say do not take ammonia to stop vomiting it, <laughs> it might not have been ammonia
0: it was something what was it i do not remember i, I th- <laughs> I can't remember. I, I remember, like, um, yeah, I don't, I think it was ammonia, actually. I think it was. I think I went okay. to, like, a plant shop to get it or something like that. Okay. Anyway, like, no. I, th- I think so. This is a couple of weeks ago now. But, um It yes. was cyber ammonia.
1: <laughs> I was going to say digital ammonia is mm. very different, I suppose.
0: <laughs> it's set in this quite rundown. I think it's meant to be, like, an Eastern European sort of near future uh, sort of inspired setting, quite rundown sort of industrial... Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think like sort of semi, semi futuristic. I guess. Mm. But, um, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's an interesting thing for sure.
2: Yeah, I'm really interested to see how like all the skill stuff progresses and stuff because it sounds like the skills will become more dominant as you use them more, mm. and it works like that. And then that means they'll assert themselves more in your personality. And, you know, it, as the voices in your head, some will take over essentially. And
0: yeah, it sounds like it's quite complex in mm. terms of how like they showed off their skill chart thing and it had lots of things on a grid and I thought okay well that could get really complicated. <laughs> yep. It's already quite complicated to start with I would say. But um
1: Do you say. know how far through they are? Like it, it what what stage of development this is?
0: I think they are aiming for this year, I think.
1: Okay. But cool. um,
0: yeah, I um, they just they t- they told me first that it, the build um, rep- was super early and only represented 25% of the game. They later told me it only represents 10% of the game so i don't know if the scope of it's changed or mm. whatever but um yeah it sounds like it's got a while to go um, it doesn't seem to have combat it seems to all those situations seem to be its version of combat which is fine by me because i don't really have any desire for a really yeah. entry turn based combat system you know any i've had plenty of that in my lifetime you can find a million mm. of them yeah so it's mm. almost like yeah so it's almost like an isometric rpg for people who just want the little story bits and some interesting factors to determine what happens to their character, what their character is saying and how people around them will react, which I is guess is probably quite exciting to yeah. really like torment. I was gonna like
2: say that, it was yeah. sounds similar to Torment, which like had combat, but I think I went through almost all of the game without using it.
0: Mm. Yeah, genuinely funny and strange and, and tragic and yeah. Hmm. Uh, good, good, interesting looking game. Nice. Mm. Okay, those are all the games then. <laughs> I'm going to pick up my phone now and ask some questions. Woo-hoo. This this question is from Mox. So I remember this one. Um, <laughs> how much uh, are you willing to pay for a video game? I think we might have talked about this before. Maybe we definitely have. I guess like, I mean I we've talked post?
2: about this in like the pub mm. or whenever a new game's released and me and Tom buy it and you're like oh, for fuck's
0: sake. Well, yeah, well, I just but then I did buy God of War you know so hey you know I've uh, but I didn't I didn't buy Monster, Hunter. Didn't buy Monster, really Monster a good Hunter. decision because I was I'm too late now. <laughs> I'm too late to Monster Hunter.
2: That's not true at all. You can you. catch up.
1: Because the other thing is, like, it's not, at this point, with the way that games work, it's not just how much are you willing to pay outright for a game, it's how much are you willing to let that game leech off you like a (laughs) mooching friend before you cut it off entirely and just uninstall. In terms of, like, time and stuff like that. Well, Um, in terms of microtransactions, I was thinking, because, like, there are so many that just sort of try and push you towards it or needle you towards that kind of stuff. I mean, you know... There are plenty of just one, one-off one payments out there still. But yeah, so there's kind of an odd extra dynamic to that question nowadays, maybe.
0: Are you still big into Animal Crossing on the phone?
1: I am, yes, and I have never spent a single penny on that game. That's... It's a point of great pride. <laughs>
0: That's um but I understand it's been quite a testing experience at times, right?
1: Do you know how many rocket launcher buttons that I now own? I think it's 5. <laughs> Do you know how many rockets I own? None.
0: Yes, I see what they did there.
1: Mm. Mm. Basically they've got a loot box system that I am not Keen on.
2: Why do you need rocket launchers in Animal Crossing?
1: Oh right, because one of <laughs> the. <Tom Nook, obviously. laughs> because they have now implemented memories for animals. And so if you get the right set of furniture or elements that and have those animals present at your campsite they will enact a memory except it's weird because it's not really a memory because all of the stuff that you're currently building is at the campsite so I was watching a memory in quote marks play out and it was playing out against the backdrop of the amenity that I was currently crafting and I'm just like well then this isn't a memory like whose brain is malfunctioning in this scenario is it me who's now, hallucinating animals in the area that I'm currently building, or is it them just trying to pass off a thing that never happened as a memory and just like looking around for details that they're fleshing it out with? Oh, it's it's... A Black Mirror
3: shit.
1: Yes. Okay, so. but
2: why are there rocket launchers in Animal Crossing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what memory is that? Is that a memory of going to the moon?
1: <laughs> so there's three different... Oh, so, okay.
0: <laughs> Actually, I mean, sorry, if it's...
2: No, no, we no, don't no, even oh, no, to. no,
1: no, no. So the loot boxes <laughs> take the form of fortune cookies... Some of them are, like, cheap, like, furniture, cookies, and, you know, so you basically you and get, a like, a little...
0: It has a sofa inside. You get a
1: <laughs> motto and whole clothes, you know, so that's... And the thing is, if you've ever tried to eat a fortune cookie, that is a lot of substandard crunch that yeah. you've got to work your way through you'd to get it. You end up punching
0: it. It rather than eating it, You
1: just have to, like, put it in the garden somewhere and hope that the birds came, but then you'd have a bird infest it Anyway. Um, but the the ones that they sell for maximum leaf tickets or whatever have these themed bits of furniture. So, like, there's a a really cute, like, pastry shop restaurant thing. And then there's some other thing that I just couldn't even be bothered to remember, apparently. And then there was the rocket launcher thing, which I got into partly because rocket launchers, mm-hmm. but also partly because... Anytime something does the worst in a poll, I will automatically get an underdog kind of affection for it. Like, you know, and this governed quite a lot of my crushes with regards to boy bands in the 90s, because it was like, who is the least popular member of this band who could do with the, you know, the self esteem boost? Okay, I apparently now like Spike from 911. Sorry if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> or you're welcome. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, so then I decided that because it did the worst on the poll, then I would automatically make that my cause celeb. But I am, but I'm now spending a lot of bells on those fortune cookies when they turn up in the shop. But there's no mechanic that stops duplication. And so the rocket launcher button has like, I think it's like a 14% chance of being one of the things that you,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know open every time you eat one of those cookies. I have been munching cookies (laughs) like (laughs) refusing to pay real money i.e. leaf tickets which you obtain with real money Um, so I'm now just like really angrily unwrapping (laughs) things. It's them and um, little rocket launch outfit trousers
0: That's still pretty cool
1: Yeah but but there's there's only so many pairs of trousers you can wear at one time (laughs) (laughs) i.e. one (laughs) So
0: So would you be more certain to get the rocket if you paid real money.
1: Uh, only in the sense of you would have more tries right. at the thing. You could still feasibly end up with 400 rocket launch buttons. Yeah. And no rocket. So
0: Okay, well this game sounds slightly hellish, but I know you're fighting through that <laughs> for the good bits, right?
1: I know, and also for just being really angry about it, <laughs> because I'm now, you know, it's now a battle of wills. Uh, just my will, really, versus a computer game that doesn't care.
0: Well, this does at least answer the question of how much should you pay for a computer game? The answer is zero pounds.
1: <laughs> zero, but I will devote... A full time (laughs) job's (laughs) worth of time (laughs) to not spending that money.
2: (laughs) Just to try and spite it. Yes. (laughs) Um I'm not wild about this recent trend of PC games costing fifty pounds. Oh yeah.
0: Extinction was the one that I was like, why is that?
2: Yeah, that's or like um Dynasty Warriors Nine, which is actively bad and costs like fifty-five pounds. Yeah. But even like Sea of Thieves, which is a fairly good game. But shouldn't be that much money. 50 quid, was it? It was like 50, 55 pounds, yeah. yeah. It's just like, ugh.
1: Well, wasn't it also part of the whole, you should install Windows 10? So technically, they should pay us <laughs> <laughs> for this <laughs> somehow.
0: It does feel like the interest in CFD sort of dropped off pretty quickly. Like, maybe that's unfair, I don't know, but. I think perhaps like, it's just that people we know stopped playing it that might mm. be good. that's
2: it I mean I've still popped into it every now and again it's just fine it's another place to hang out with some friends in a multiplayer environment um apart from me phil apart from you well, you did, like, you've not joined in with destiny or monster hunter or any of oh, the... No,
0: but the reason for cfd is i couldn't get it to boot well
2: actually that's true yeah you yeah. did try uh but it crashed a lot yeah, yeah. monster hunter i haven't tried yet
0: you're correct but um,
2: yeah.
1: i think it's that thing of i will happily take a gamble on a game if it's less than 20 quid and it looks sufficiently Cool, or like it might do something interesting. Mm. But over that point, I start to just be like, it's just not worth the risk. Like, it's not, I will only invest in things at that point where I'm sure that I'm going to like it. Either I'll have heard good things from people whose opinions I trust, or I'll have reviewed it myself and decide, oh, okay, you know, that's a thing that I would get, or, you know, f- for myself or for a friend or on a different platform or whatever. Um, or it's just a thing that I know I will get regardless like Destiny 2 was that for me
3: Yeah. Mm.
1: but other than that like it, beyond 20 quid I'm just like it becomes too much of a amount to lose yeah. on a thing yeah, that might not work out yeah
2: it's hard to take a punt on something like that um, that's why reviews are still good
1: and that's why people get locked into franchises because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like oh well, it's safe I guess <laughs>
0: yeah I sort of think the um, £40 is as much as I would ever pay for a game, and I won't pay that very regularly. Um, I sort of think if I was a regular consumer and I wasn't working in this area of games, I'd probably buy one £40 game a month, probably, to keep up with games that I'm interested in. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that averages out. Like, um you know, like God of War I paid for, not on PC, Still so.
2: Probably quite a lot of games, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's-
0: um, I might, I might have. Uh, trying to think of other examples. Into the breach, I definitely would have bought. That's not forty pounds, but you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I think forty pounds is like the most I ever want to pay, though. Like when mm. I see them for like forty six pounds on Amazon for like a PS four game, I'm like, that's that's a lot of money. If I hate that after one hour,
1: mm. um, I think yeah. if I stopped working in this industry, I would buy fewer games but spend more time with them because mm. I wouldn't have to have that like that churn of, yeah. okay, what do I need to be aware of at any given yeah. time? So I think the the value proposition would change all over again because mm. the time per quid <laughs> would time be very quid. different. <laughs> TPQ. <T-D-U. laughs> um,
0: yeah, if I was like Phil and I'd spend £35 on Battletech and my mech fell over and I didn't understand <laughs> why, I'd be livid. But I suppose I could return it on Steam, you know. Um.
1: Well, you'd be livid, but it's that thing of like, with that if you've spent that money and you don't think you'll do the refund you have a lot more i guess invested in okay right fine i am not leaving this subreddit until i understand <laughs> what's going on i am going to
0: read this pc gamer article <laughs> until i understand every single I'm
1: until to print
2: this, UI. this out the second <laughs> paragraph where chris actually explains what that means <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay he great. had a little helpful diagram and everything it was good <laughs> <laughs> thanks chris <laughs> okay good well next question then um, is anyone going to be dipping their toe into the world of the Dark Souls remaster I have it on Steam i put a good 50 hours in but I'm ready for a fresh start and Brady Easton um, no no <laughs> Phil also no um, I haven't played Dark Souls at all um, and I might finish Bloodborne first so maybe one day um, hopefully it's a good remaster though for people who like the, yeah, I mean, the series
2: we will be interesting oh. to see what they do with that especially because I think Dark Souls is in a fairly good place as long as you've got like the mods that you need that are you know agreed upon as being the thing you need.
0: It's quite bold to replace the version that's on there, which yeah. I don't think are Skyrim they doing did. No, you can, I think you can still get yeah, OG can. Skyrim. Pretty sure you can. Yeah, um, but anyway, mm. yeah, that is a that is a thing. Are they doing. actually
2: taking it off the Steam store? Th- I'm pretty sure they are. That's a decision that's being made. Ah, mm. huh. yeah, um, yeah, like because presumably the mods won't work with it, and mm, we'll see. But I bounced off Dark Souls pretty hard, and I've just. I don't know, I got really into Bloodborne, and I think that suits what I like more. Partially setting and stuff. Well, partially setting, but more. Um, Dark Souls, I think, is the more kind of traditional sword and shield style combat. It's all about blocking
4: predominantly
2: mm-hmm. to be very good at it and rolling around. and stuff. And you've got to do the rolling around, whereas mm-hmm. um, Bloodborne is the one where you're rolling around even more because you can't block, you're just dodging endlessly. And that I don't know, I just prefer that as
0: a combat style. Yeah. You
1: in Undead <laughs>
0: That's very good. Thanks. I am. Um, so, uh, you ever tried Dark Souls? <laughs> Pips? Are your sort of thing?
1: Yeah. There was what I was doing for for a while while I was still doing Twitch streaming was. Um, I would play it and stream it and have a couple of my friends on voice but they were watching my streams so they weren't spoiling stuff as it was happening they weren't able to like take over too much or mm. backseat game but there was an amount of being able to help or like hinder massively hinder <laughs> at various points and so uh, there's a moment where they don't tell me that the Capra demon section is coming up so I just go through a you know the wall of light and spend the next 10 minutes shrieking um well about 30 seconds i think but you know i lasted longer than they thought i would when they stitched me up but at that point it was like i really wasn't enjoying streaming very much so i stopped and okay. the incentive to play the game without that sort of camaraderie just really wasn't mm. there yeah. yeah
0: it's a shame i mean yeah i guess you could do it in real life but it'd be a bit weird to do it to an audience of no one right it's like
1: <laughs> but right. just Cancel streaming on my own.
0: <laughs> well, uh, sort of like, I don't know, just um you could just sort of get the, send the feed to your friends on oh, Skype yeah. or something, you know. <laughs> they could uh, they could see what you're doing and just provide instructions. Um okay, yeah. Uh I feel like I should play it one day just because it's the game that I mean, it's number 2 in our top 100, isn't it? And everyone goes nuts for it. I don't know.
1: Everyone else has played it though. You don't have to. Yeah, That's how so, this works. Mm.
0: <laughs> I should have an opinion on a game that no one's played. Um, like um uh, where was I going with this Um, uh, which uh, sick
1: burn do you want to dish out
0: (laughs) I was just uh, any of the games that have the word chronicle in the title on um, Steam which is a lot of them one of those games that are owned by 12 people look like they were made uh, in in 10 minutes and uh, shout out for $10 one of those ones I'm going to talk about something else now Uh, expecting anything from E3 that's from Butts Uh. Uh,
2: well, I suppose pain. we
1: ought to otherwise we shouldn't be going
0: <laughs> <laughs> Phil you're going this year aren't you yeah I'm going this year yeah. uh, mm. you're going to a less um, shooty part of LA than I had to stay in last year Oh, uh, that's
2: encouraging
0: <laughs> yeah I think so I think so yeah yeah. good um,
2: I guess stuff will be announced yeah. uh, I guess there's only so much we can say as well because uh, we've got a PC gamer show coming up for E3 again we this should year. say
1: that people should watch that though I mean, they should watch yeah. that yes,
0: they should we run an E3 conference, baby.
1: <laughs> so we're expecting that. Yeah, that's
0: good. Um, that will happen.
2: Um, yeah, I guess there. The, I the thing I'm interested in always is uh, it sounds like there's going to be a new Forza Horizon. Yeah, uh, so good. Yes, I enjoyed the last one of those.
0: Yeah, I think Microsoft, as ever. Should announce games and probably won't. That's probably what happened. <laughs> Sony... Surely they have to by now. Then...
2: Do you think <laughs> there
1: will be another Nintendo Direct where they're all just puppets? Like wasn't that while we were <laughs> while um while E3 was happening one year? It was just like, well, we're not engaging with this, but also puppets.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was pretty good. Yeah, I think I I vote they do that again or maybe claymation something like that.
1: Ooh. Um,
0: I uh, yeah, I think or can... shadow
1: puppets. <laughs>
0: Yes, I, I predict uh, a slightly insufferable EA conference.
2: Yeah, um, sure.
0: Where a sports person comes on stage and oh, sports grows. section, um, and they don't sound particularly convinced by the situation that they're in, but
1: and all down. of the oh, English people go to make a cup of tea because they've suddenly started talking about <laughs> NBA, oh, my, and you're I like, can what? S-
2: see an American football man IRL? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hope it's Marshall and Lynch, the only one I know.
1: <laughs> they had Pele the year I went. He just wandered out on stage and that's I think good. it was, you know, somebody from EA wanted to hang out with Pele with video evidence and mm. it was like I mean, there's worse things that people have done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They'll probably have um, Anthem playable this year. That, yeah that's finding true. out if that's good, um, the thing they've been working on since Mass Effect three came out, that might be interesting. The
1: dramatization of the Wilfred Owen poem at the same <laughs> time. <thing. laughs> so
0: banging joke pip um <laughs> rather than try and top that i'm just gonna move on to the next question um what game in your pile well... of shame do you feel most guilty about not still not having played yet donkey fumbler i'm sure we've answered this as a weekend question what I'm... is with the names donkey fumbler i mean <laughs> just change the name lad
2: i'm know? gonna say I'm we sure nice.
1: we get the shame backlog whatever question a lot so i think it actually at this point says more about the audience that they want some kind of like it's okay we have piles of shame too like mm. it's okay everybody it's okay if you've spent money on a thing you didn't play I, you know just just learn from that grow as a person <laughs> I, I do remember like as a go. teenager my pile of
0: shame being like one game though like i had like <laughs> 10 games so i played nine of them yeah. i just had one game
2: but that was an era when like maybe Four or five games would be released a month, and yeah. you could Keep actually pretty, play all
1: yeah. games on your given platform.
0: Yes, that's very true. I mean, you know, <laughs> before I had the money for all the platforms, an issue of
2: something you would come know. in, and you'd like you could maybe there were two 80 plus games that month, and you'd be like, Well, I could just get both of those, and I will have time to play them because I am a child. Yes, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I. I've given up on the concept. As Pip was saying, it's just like there are a lot of games in my Steam list and there is not enough life to play them all. Yeah. Uh, so I'll just pick out what looks interesting.
1: We do have that 100 Games Challenge thing that we're doing though, which was ostensibly to, well, it was a couple of things. It was partly in case people needed or wanted. The impetus to start working through some of their backlog, yes, um, and just try things out or step away from things that they'd sort of ruts they'd got stuck in, but also to sort of encourage people to maybe look at a few smaller, you know, mm. indie games or free games because that would be a way of meeting that target. But mm. yeah, that might be a thing that people could be interested in.
2: Yeah, if you search for the um, for hashtag PCG challenge on Twitter, mm. uh, that links to uh, the image. Of oh, cool. our little challenge sheet that you can fill in. That's oh. cool. I wish I
0: started um, filling that in, but I didn't realize it existed till uh, yeah, I probably should let you mid know. February. By that by that point, I'd fucked it. So I thought, <laughs> you know, next year i I'll haven't fill mine in
2: for a while. So I might have also fucked it. But yeah. It's it yeah. It's I've been enjoying sort of dipping into a thing and just being like, oh wow. Well, That's still installed on my PC. Maybe Mm. I'll complete West of Loathing, which I did the other day. I was like, Yeah, okay, that was. I'm glad I took the time to spend the last couple of hours with that. Mm. Or uh, I tried Mad Max, that open world game, Mm. and was like, Life might be too short for a seven out of ten open world game.
0: It sort of looks nice in places but it's quite hard work.
2: It takes a long time to get going, so I thought I'm just I'm not gonna give it the time. And I, I installed think- it and it was like, Well, I've had my experience with that game now and that's fine.
1: Yeah. I think that's one of the different ways of thinking about it that can be more helpful is okay well I've owned this game for a certain amount of time so it's definitely out of refund period so the worst that happens is I don't enjoy it but I'll just boot it up and see what it's about Mm. maybe so you know and that sort of I I think sometimes people get stuck in that mindset of what is my pile of shame in terms of what I I have to find time to play this thing through to completion so I will either never start it or keep putting it you know or, or have to embrace it forever, but uh. you can just play it for five minutes. And if you don't like it, it's fine that it goes back in the pile of shame, just
2: yeah. 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 That's the sort of just because of how many games there are now and how easy it is to find something that will entertain you that doesn't cost much money or isn't like
3: mm. doesn't
2: last for 50 hours or whatever. And it's like, well, okay, maybe I don't need to play more than
0: three hours of Far
2: Cry Primal, <laughs> yeah, it's fine,
0: yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I guess what we're saying is loads of games is is the answer to that question. I think I, I turning turning 30 uh, last week, I realised that I will never, ever play properly um, Planescape Torment. Mm. If I was going to do it, it would have happened by now. It would have happened in my 20s, and it didn't.
1: I think my answer is none, but it's because there are a lot of games that I haven't played, but none that I feel bad about at this point. Okay, yeah. So, Yeah. yeah
0: mario odyssey i feel a bit bad about i should play that at some point that's um, pretty good but yeah. yeah on pc though like uh i don't know i kind of like I, dishonored 2 was the one i felt guilty for not playing cause mm. it came out of game of the year and i thought i should at least try that and i've finished it now and it was amazing and i'm glad i did um but yeah yeah okay next question then um some good thoughts there though and a good plug for the, um, the <laughs> challenge just the most important thing
1: um
0: just just, just do whatever keeps you sane and- <laughs>
1: Just get get through this life as best you can. Uninstall (laughs) Mad Max after three minutes, it's (laughs) fine.
0: (laughs) Do you expect Red Dead to come to PC, and would you wait till it was if it did? That's from Kurt Lewin. Uh,
2: Yes and no.
0: Yeah, same. I (laughs) want to ride them horses
1: a bit. Yes and maybe...
0: Okay. Uh, Yeah, it it probably will. I didn't play the first
1: one because I accidentally flayed my horse and got so upset that I just never played it again.
2: Damn. That's cold.
1: Well, look, right, I tried to remount my horse, but the horse had fallen down a cliff and I didn't realise it was dead. So when you press the button to remount it, it flays it if it's dead. So let's just move on from this disaster oh wow okay yeah,
0: yeah. I guess I can see how that would oh, happen yeah, so I think I did well that once yeah. so it's pretty grim and yeah.
1: then my horse was suddenly wearing no clothes so you know upsetting
0: clothes <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes just horse um, clothes of course mm. no it probably will win it yeah, I think so. And just um, GTA did, and it are really nice.
1: And- Otherwise, we just quietly retire our coverage.
0: Well, <laughs> yes, yeah. You'll go back to the piece of gamer tag page, and all the posts will be gone.
3: <laughs> what was, was that? <laughs> uh,
0: as to whether to wait on PC,
2: like it will almost certainly be better on PC. GTA Five was much better on PC. yes like, yeah. Just, um, but very, I don't know. I'm less bothered about what platform I play things on at the moment. Yeah. Uh, which is probably a bad thing to say as the editor of PC Gamer, but. Uh, I
0: don't think so. I think you just, uh, you know, you just play the games where they are. Mm. If it was on PC on the same day, I'd absolutely play on PC, but um, it's not, so I, I, I cannot. Uh, I don't think the wait will be that long either, because um, it's not like it'll be the wait between 360 GTA and. Yeah, there's no.
2: Because GTA had the specific thing of new consoles came out just after GTA 5 was launched, yeah. so they got the port first. And then, and then the PC, later PC version was like by default going to be that version rather than the original. Yes. So I don't know
0: how they got that running on a 360, that, that game. That's just crazy, really. Anyway, um, next question then. Uh, what do you think is currently the greatest threat to the continued prosperity and excellence of PC gaming? That's from Ballsball on Twitter. Meteors. Uh, <laughs> as in Fortnite meteors?
2: <laughs> I mean, just like destroying all, all life on Earth
0: yeah a supernova mm. uh, black mm. holes <laughs> uh I, I i sort of like i uh, me having enough money to buy a good p c and afford a graphics card
1: I don't think p c. gaming has any existential threats really apart Not from really. if there's like some massive virus that suddenly appears and just takes everything down but, but you I mean, your
0: steam library sort of that but, yeah or
2: you know just like
1: or whatever other thing that you use.
2: Valve collapsing and I don't know, just or generally fucking it into the bin would be interesting, I guess.
1: Yeah. Or, like, I don't know, because even things like that, or like if you know, if Windows systems went down, then you'd have the rise of Linux, and then we could all do some, you know, some hot takes on that one. Um, I don't know, I think in terms of just sort of things that I would quite like to stop happening is just gatekeeper nonsense because yeah. I think that isn't. Helpful for anybody, and it it can just be a thing that stifles creativity. Mm. So I would say that that isn't helpful if the question can be interpreted that
2: way. Well, I think so. I think that is probably a like just generally community stuff and how we talk to each other as a community and interact with each other is probably a greater sort of threat to how pc gaming is
0: perceived than yeah Yeah. any technological thing which yeah i was talking to someone today and um who didn't really know much about uh how twitch chat works and was like oh do you get quite bad comments in twitch chat then i was like oh yeah it's it's pretty bad in there (laughs) yeah i like um you just don't
1: be an asshole is is a thing that would be a great
0: (laughs) yeah i say like the vocal vocal bad people are probably the worst thing about video games today right like just twats on the internet is that the worst thing? I think that's the worst thing, isn't it? Mm. Just the overall sense of negativity that you know someone might just be able to get you on Twitter or comments or whatever.
2: Yeah, I I, yeah. I mean, in all its forms, I guess because there is like a pervasive cynicism that and hostility that pervades every level of coverage. That's like, where if, gatekeeping
0: comes in as well. Yeah, like, it is, like
2: it's commenters who are upset about this or that. But it's also, you know, the YouTubers who are capitalising on that dissatisfaction by targeting their coverage so specifically to only kind of attack developers or Mm. attack sections of the community and, you know, position themselves as consumer rights advocates who happen to only ever care about a very small section of the consumer base
1: I think it's it's one of those things which is awkward though because it's tied so much into tech culture in general because this stuff isn't just limited to to gaming, It's it's a side effect of how the internet environment as it currently exists is set up, so comments being a problem is a problem across mm. the entirety of Editorial online YouTube like the as soon as you have a system with an algorithm people will try and game it but also the algorithm itself might be encoding particular problems and so it's that kind of uh, I think one of the things is that this is a broader issue but um, something that I really chafe against and and it's why I really value the magazine actually is being able to take a little bit of extra time to think about something or to get responses or to to get an argument or a line of thinking in my head or to discuss it with people rather than just take it straight to Twitter have that like 200 and whatever it is now character like shout and then not have to provide any context I guess like I think context and empathy are like the big Mm. things that that I would like to see more of and that I think would only enhance gaming and so many other things but like it's that human side that taking into account would just I just don't see it harming anything and only doing good.
0: I um, this is a kind of a tangent but I watched um, the first season of the HBO show Silicon Valley recently mm. I don't know if you know that show or, um,
1: you mentioned it when we were down the pub for like a team drinks thing and I meant to check it out because isn't it on Now TV in the it UK is, yeah. it
0: is yeah uh, I've watched a few episodes the um, thing that I really took away from it is that like it clearly comes from a time like where they were a bit maybe people were a bit more optimistic about tech and that industry and like because yeah. it doesn't this was like the first season was 2014 or 2013
1: that's it because i was going to watch it and then i saw how many years ago it was and in in terms of my own understanding of how internet is now yeah. it just felt like light years away mm-hmm. yeah. so i ended up like i i think i was just re-watching elementary so i'm very sorry but <laughs>
0: that's right you have never to, apologize no, no, for that you have to appease me but my no, parents no. would be very happy that you're watching <laughs> elementary. they love that shit it's good shit.
1: so good <laughs> um but yeah it was it was interesting just because of that moment of you know i I guess reading an episode description seeing the date and going oh this was a like another age of mm. the internet
0: yeah yeah that's it so i wonder if like later seasons actually do touch upon the whole you know what fucking toxic hellhole, uh, hellscape rather that whole you know as it's regarded now in terms of privacy conduct and the thought process behind some of the bullshit mm. um you know uh startups that come out of that that sort of thing um but anyway yeah that is was it just,
1: still on uh
0: yeah yeah it's okay. just they just started a new season so i have no idea if that's in the show's future but it's very good but very optimistic about what it can be and its opportunities it's a funny show it's good but anyway i'm just mm. rambling now um i will uh move on to our last question which is actually very straightforward and i think i know the answer why is the division <laughs> so criminally underrated as a deep beautifully created open world tutor andy flemming I think it's because games journalists stopped playing it, and so stopped talking about it. I mean, pretty much. It
2: seemed to have a lot of problems when it first released. Yes, which is fair. Like um, and that's a lot when everyone of these made ones their call, do. Right. And yeah. yeah, that's when the reviews came out. And also, unlike with the first Destiny, when the Division came out, there was already a Destiny. Um, so there was already a thing that filled that role that most of the sort of journalists who would have probably been interested in the division had kind of latched onto. Yeah, um, mm.
0: we've we've definitely covered it since then and said it's good.
2: We had like yeah, um, we've done site, a I couple think. of updates I mean, both in the mag and on the site that have been pretty positive about where it's at now.
1: I think um, didn't Andy do a thing about how a bunch of the the most recent patches fact, have.
2: I, sh- I think that's in this issue that has just been released. Oh, cool. mm. Um Yeah, Andy wrote about the division for that. It's sort of as a kind of final check into the game before sequel gets before Division 2 kind of winds up. Yes. Um,
0: They'll have Division 3 and then we'll have the Vauxhall Conference. Oh, dad joke! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. I don't, think it's even wow. or, I don't think it's even called the Vauxhall no, Conference. No, it's not. Though. It hasn't, it been, hasn't been, been for no. so long. Yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I really cheered myself up there. A 90s dad joke (laughs) of all things. I'm so awful. I apologise.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's a grandad joke on that basis, Phil, I think. It was just, yeah, you've transcended a Uh, whole generation at that point. I'm
0: so smug at my own appalling (laughs) behaviour. Well, that's it, isn't it? We're we're done. That's pretty much the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast, you two. It's very good. Pleasure. Yes. um, If you want to send us a question, you can tweet us at PCGamerPod or email us at pcgamer at futurnet.com. The inbox that only Phil has access to for some reason. Yeah,
2: actually, <laughs> l- email us at letters at pcgamer.com, and for the love of God, put podcast in the description. Yeah. Because <laughs> that means it auto-triggers a thing that puts it into a special folder I can look at.
0: And part of the press release is about, we just built a PC out of a shoe, will you review it? And it's like, no, mate,
2: we won't. <laughs> Do you want to play our game that's also a blockchain and also a battle royale?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um... Yes. Okay. Good. And it's and the and the press release is sent by like an emoji, not even a real person. Um, yeah. Very good.
1: hundred bitcoins enter, <laughs> only one bitcoin leaves.
0: Um, yes, and uh, we will see you again in two weeks. I hope.